Hello and welcome to The Last Standy, a board game podcast coming to you from five, or actually right now, six countries across Europe. I'm joined here today by Alexis. That's me. Hi. Alessio. Hello. Audrey. Bonjour, bonjour. Hi. David. Hi. And I'm your host, Fen. Hello. Uh, we've got something a little special today as we're going to be talking with Martin from the Into the Unknown studio. If you're not familiar with Into the Unknown studio, they're a Polish-based company who've had three successful Kickstarters, two of them for lines of resin miniatures, and a third one for a complex AI boss battling game in the same universe called Aeon Trespass Odyssey. Uh, welcome to The Last Standy, Martin. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's, is this the part <laughs> where I introduce myself or Certainly. my company or, um, Absolutely. yeah, but, but again, you've, you've covered most of the bases, mm. um, as, as yes, we've, we, we're known primarily, primarily, f um, from the Eon Trespass uh, world, both those, uh, resin, uh, miniature kickstarters and the game, uh, though we have plans to expand, we've, 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 we've shown uh, a bit of our next game. Kingdoms for Lauren. So that's that's a uh, way ways off, let's say, because we want to uh, focus on on Odyssey first. And yeah, and then we've published one more game. We've published uh, Slavia, but it's uh, it, it was only for the uh, regional Polish market, so mm. it wasn't yes. widely available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, if, if I remember correctly, I've heard you had a bit of a, a bit of a scare at the office. Not to timestamp this too much, but didn't mm -hmm. um, didn't COVID-19 pay you a visit? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, unfortunately, yes. And then first we, like in, in late September, early October, uh, Mateusz um, um, had COVID, uh, but he's based in, in Krakow. And so not where the main um, E2 offices are located. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we had, uh, we had two COVID scares first. Um, so, so people were rotating on self-quarantine, and then suddenly we, we had uh, a, a positive COVID case uh, in the office, so everyone evacuated. We all had tests. Um, I, was, I was feeling a bit sick, so I, I was pretty sure I had it, uh, but thankfully it was just a normal flu, <laughs> not, 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 not COVID. Uh, so yeah, and everyone's, for now everyone's feeling fine, everyone's... Um, uh, getting back to to health, uh, we didn't have any of those uh, really extreme hard cases. So, so thankful, thankfully, uh, we're uh, spared that. But again, it did it did disrupt. Like I think that the the fear of, of it um, was more disruptive than the disease itself. Like um, because again, if when you're when you're uh, when you already know you have it or you don't have it, and we relocated to home office and we uh, set everything up um, it started to um, make uh, the, the work started to make sense but those two weeks when we didn't know like because <laughs> i don't know if we have time to 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 talk about it oh, yeah. yeah yeah we do uh, i'm very interested to know about the um, impact on covid on board game production things mm -hmm. you guys should have some experience personal in now it sounds yeah, yeah. So, so uh, because of of how uh, the testing is set up here, um, even though we were pretty sure one of our um, um, co-employees had COVID because he had all those um, symptoms, 
uh, and he had in contact with with a person with COVID, we couldn't go test ourselves before he had his positive test. So there was this time that like I, I've sent everyone to to work from from home, uh, and we had to self quarantine. And again, most of us were sure that that someone got it, but we weren't legally allowed to to go test ourselves before he got his official result. Uh, yeah, so that was a tense uh, that was a tense uh, week, and yeah, and mostly it's 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 mostly due to the, uh, the impact on 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 board game design or production is mostly due to the disruption it introduces. Like we we had our procedures, we had the way we we, we did things, the way we tested the games, and we suddenly had to change uh, most of that up. Um, so. Thankfully, we, we 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 did. We have everything um, we need um, uh, in TTS and in our own proprietary uh, simulations, simulation programs. Um, but it's 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 really hard to um, to change gears and 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 go into testing yeah, via via um, a program or, or online. Um, I find that. The board game testing and design, which which go hand in hand, are best made in person. Like there's there's a kind of energy and creativity uh, when you when you sit around the board and someone's playing. Sometimes someone makes a joke, but there's there's a lot of creativity and um, some of that is lost in translation when you uh, do the tests through an online medium like TTS. Oh, oh, I absolutely agree. I find um, t TTS to be a necessary evil at best. It just doesn't beat sitting around yeah. a table with people or designing together. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. For, for the <laughs> funny thing, because again, not everything we we had, we were able to translate into TTS um, like all of a sudden. So we had we had some um, um, middle of the road solutions like. For example, one one employee had the had the board set up in in uh, in their house uh, with a camera pointed on it, and another was playing with them. So a lot of a lot of uh, um, a lot of means to try to recreate that uh, experience. Yeah, a bit like a bit like Zoom board gaming, which I've noticed has taken off a bit with people. I mean, uh, TTS is only good when being in person is uh, is impossible. That's uh... yeah, basically. But again, but this is also an opportunity for us because as we are we are forced to um, move uh, most of the designs into TTS or other programs, we we can now have larger beta tests outside of the company because we already yeah. have everything set up for that. One thing that uh, I have to say is that uh, the fact that you had this uh, this TTS version that was working this well, um, I think really helped me, you know, try the game and get really a good feel for the game. Uh, I think it's really a, a boon for the Iron Trespass game. Uh, I I really you. Uh, c commend you your idea here to have a proper TTS version. Thank you. I think I think the 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 whole idea of doing a TTS version. Um, came from the fact that um, with the systems where you like a lot of the systems um, are new, like the the the, the whole escalation thing. It's not something that's easily um, 
explainable i think like of course we can do it but it's it's it's, it's those mechanics that uh, go into it are 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 many times very unique and so it's it's best to just show people through through gameplay yeah i think demi in hands really helps yeah yeah somebody who wrote an article on how the mechanics work and i can't remember it went into a couple of thousand words hmm. yeah being able to show it definitely um definitely helps people's experience a lot uh speaking of your latest update of the the tts version i mm-hmm. i'm really happy to see that you've heard the criticism about the uh the icons being sometimes a little bit either inconsistent or mm-hmm. not working that well and your recent uh, updates of the symbol i think really is going into the the, the perfect direction how big as uh you know the the beta feedback uh came into into the design of uh, of the game so far so um well i'm 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 of of the mind that um you you always listen to to feedback like if, if well, so we when we when we sent the pros last year to um, um influencers to reviewers like fan um we one of those one of the reasons we did that was to promote the game to just show it to the world uh but also for me personally um having it in the wild for someone to to test it and to give me their feedback was really important because it's 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 really easy to work in a bubble um and to create let's say a, a office meta of the game and uh, and everything seems to work fine when you when you play it day by day with the same people uh but some things tend to get missed and then the game goes to the public and you find out that you, you like let's say you missed a fatal flaw or a combination that's easily accessible in the early game that would make some of the mechanics obsolete etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah or most of the player are like ignoring a mechanic and you yeah. need to to push it yeah. more something like that yeah yeah so 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 again the, um i tried to take all of the feedback and uh, incorporate everything um, that really again that's really made sense to us like i'm not i'm not the person that will take everything because i believe that uh, it of course um, varies from person to person but i uh, i believe that um, people most people are really good at uh, finding problems um, but not necessarily by <laughs> uh, with finding solutions um so sometimes um, um let's say a reviewer or, or investors in a local um, event that we had um pointed something out and let's say that, that the same criticism was repeated by someone else um so we 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 took the criticism but not necessarily the the way um, those people um thought that it should be handled uh, so we we took the problem and look at it and found a solution that would work with the greater game uh, but again i'm like the, the game is better for it each, each time we we show the game each time we update the tts and people post questions either to tts or to bgg or they even uh, send us uh, direct emails uh, it's, it's it's always informative and always valuable for us like so yeah so i'm very happy that 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 we did that and i'm very happy that we'll be doing that uh, now with all of the other content because <laughs> when you look at the at tts you only have those um, two battles um, hackathon and labyrinth Taurus. 
and both of those are early game battles and both of those are um, really low level uh, so i'm really excited to to show people all the other battles and all the higher levels because the, they change the game considerably oh yeah you are impatient for, to do that actually hmm? uh, could, could you be that uh, yeah we are impatient to play the, those battles actually so <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 like i'm um I would. Uh, for me, it's it's also painful. Like when uh, we in the in the last update we we announced, uh, unfortunately, announced a delay because of the of the things that were happening. But it's it's really painful for me on one hand because again I I don't like to break promises and and, and push something back, but also because of um, I really would like to see the reaction people who have uh, with the game with both the stories and the mechanics. Like I, I can't wait to to just show the the, because again, we 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 try to show um, as much as we can in in the updates, but there are also things that we are um, not showing. We we are playing with with some some of the mechanics or or ideas we're really holding close to our chest, uh, so they are a surprise when when the game reaches you. A teaser, nice. <laughs> I can say as a player at the very least that having that uh, that TTS uh, demo that's that's playable really softened the blows of uh, any delay. You know, like it, it, it's delayed, but I can still you know try it and and play with it and I mm -hmm. see where it's going. Uh, I I think that it's made the delay uh, really painless, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like um, again, that's that's why I'm happy that we will be able to. Uh, show more like the we we did a, s a small update uh, with with the icons with uh, the updated UI uh, for some of the cards um, in in late um, October, and we'll also be doing um, uh, like a further update for for everyone. Uh, I think by the end of the month, so there will be some some new stuff also shown. That's great news. So. You ready to talk about some lore? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm breaking this, but I love to chat like that. But these are arguments we oh, will. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Like there, there's there's not many um, more, 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 uh, <laughs> there's not many uh, topics I, I I do like to talk about more than than <laughs> our games like. I could talk 10 hours straight about Ian Trespass, so, so go Tech ahead. Techlist has been really excited to ask some questions about the law, so sure uh, take, take it away, Techlist. And that's the kind of passion we want to hear about. So uh, basically, Ian <laughs> Trespass is basically a game set in an alternate timeline starting from the Age of Myth in, in Greek universe. And uh, in this age, basically, the the gods, the ancient gods, are killed, uh, and the entire world is uh, set into a post-apocalyptic settings where the apocalypse is a thing called eschaton, right? Yeah, that name isn't. That's um, uh, it's, it's not a coincidence that that we use that name for our apocalypse. Like we didn't call it Eon Trespass Apocalypse or the Greek World Apocalypse. Um, because we, we we do like to 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 put more meaning into the things we we do. So the names, the, the stuff we're doing, everything has a a second layer. Um, everything has um, uh, some symbolism that ties into the uh, the main story and the main themes of the game. 
Sorry, I, I interjected. Oh, yeah, no. Actually, for full disclosure, I am required to tell you that my mother is a professor of ancient Greek. <laughs> so what I like about the setting and what drew me to that is that you put a lot of of twists to the original myths. Uh, now, the most excellent twist I read of was the Sisyphus Burden, which is actually an huh? entity of something, and uh, it's a huh? nice plot twist. Uh, so, uh, my first question is, uh, are there some plot twists uh, of the ancient Greek myths that you are especially fond of, something you wish and you feel like you want to tease? Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of this, like um, when when you see um, games or stories based in in Greek myths, they're almost always um, retellings of those myths, and we didn't want to do that. We, for one, we wanted to um, talk about what would happen next, and we also like to play with the themes of the stories. Uh, so yeah, so actually. Um, most of, of of the myths and mythological figures that we'll be using will be to more or less to, to more or less extent um, be subverting um, their their stories or their tropes. So there's there is a lot of that kind of stuff. Like the, you, you can even uh, without spoiling anything, and I, I can talk about those things that we already showed uh, because um, um, the first cycle of the game, the first campaign. Um, is um, based on what happened after uh, Tizius killed the Minotaur. Uh, so, so the story of Tizius and Minos and Ariadne, uh, everything is is in there. Um, and on the other on the other side of the of the core box, we have the the third cycle, uh, which um, really draws upon the myth of Icarus. Um, and and th th those two bookmark the, the the core game really well, and uh, we, we do have again we do have fun with with um, a lot of the mythological figures, starting with the with the gods, which are who, who are dead, but their influences uh, the influence lives on in the game, uh, and you will be slowly unraveling uh, what happened during the eschaton, how it happened, and how it all. all eyes to the to the character the mythological characters because of, um, you 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 play the game as um, argonauts um, not not the classical argonauts but um, people who are awakened from from a, a deep sleep without a recollection of their previous life the, the only thing they know is how to control the titans um, so so that gives us a lot of freedom to create those personal stories and also gives the players the freedom to create their, their characters as they as they see fit. Um, but a lot of the characters that are non-player characters will be recognizable from the from the myths. We are really drawing upon those. And that's super cool. And now, since you referenced the Argo now, uh, uh -huh. the Argo in the original myth was actually the first ship the Greek made, and it was a metaphor for their supremacy on the seas. Uh -huh. uh, Historically, uh, the legend of the Ark had 50 heroes setting sail with it to recover the Golden Fleece. I can see that the last uh, 
entity, the last uh, mm -hmm. adversary of the five six cycles, is the Orphlis. It is mm -hmm. uh, a reference to it. It is a new thing. I actually don't know anything about it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so so absolutely, it's, it's a reference to uh, to the Golden Fleece. Uh, as as um, as the ur fleece is our final boss um but uh, the ur in this in, in this um, instance means um primeval or, or original it's 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 used uh, in the more modern sense of being archetypical even like i think i think foucault uses it, it really well when he talks about um, uh, ur nazism uh so so we we really wanted to um, Mm -hmm. to, to show like without again without spoiling anything uh we wanted to to show a, a different side of the story and re reinterpret what, what you uh, actually you, there are things you you just said that are really tying into uh into the whole uh, or uh, fleece concept uh, which i won't tell which ones of those <laughs> it was um but um, basically yeah so so this is the this is for better or worse this is the price uh, that the argonauts are looking for um again in, in the original myth uh, it was a at a fleece it was a, a kind of a cloak um while in ours it's it's um, something else entirely but does tie into the uh, meaning of the argonaut myth um we do we we, we, we do this kind of stuff um really really often like the the third cycle is called um, pitiless of the sun and uh, during the campaign we had a lot of questions uh, is this wrong do we do we know how to use <laughs> the english language uh because it's not the typical um construction of a phrase and the original phrase which which isn't verbatim here um comes from a poem it's there it's used as uh, pitiless as the sun um but here we again with without spoiling anything uh how to say without saying too much um um it it's it really like ties into that poem but it but but it also it is also something different for us and it references uh, a person or a place like we, we are not using it as an adjective we are using it as a um as a noun here um so it's it's, it's something for people to to discover and then go, go let's say they, they read the the title of the of the cycle and it, it makes more or less sense to them but then they can go back to it and say oh 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 i get it now so the, the same could be the, the same could be said about the the title of the game yeah, actually, uh, I'm impressed by the amount of research you put into this and you make it look so simple because there are quite a lot of references you already teased during the campaign and in the updates. And uh, I'm actually really happy and eager to play after knowing that uh, this, uh, the Earth Fleece is actually intentional and a nice reference. And... Uh, that casts a lot of other lights that I, I actually want to see where you are going with the story. So, well, well job. Well Thank done, you. good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, this, this all stems from, from um, our need to tell meaningful stories. Like, we, the, the core team of Itu uh, comes from a video games background. 
Um, so we are um, accustomed to telling um, to telling stories, um, and I feel that a lot of um, board games, which are great, but a, a lot of board games, um, fantasy board games or adventure board games, they really treat their um, their stories as a framing device, and I think they don't put that much thought into them. And um, even even games that have um, great mechanics sometimes falter in this in this regard. They they the, the stories are really cliched or um, disconnected, and we wanted to to tell a story that's really meaningful and that's deeper um, and that that can uh, speak to um, older players. Like it's it's like I I, I would like for people. Who have played the game, finished the game, and to still have thoughts about the the stories and the teams, uh, and it's 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 not really something that's uh, that you can often see in, in in this board gaming space. Yeah, I I definitely can uh, can see that. Uh, I I think that your game really manages to um to do something very different from uh any other board game that uh, at least uh, setting wise that any other good board game around uh, the the way that you approach uh, greek mix myths with um like this weird twist is really original and shows that um you know it, it still has a lot of i think really interesting ties to the original um antique saga you're really going into more arcane Greek law, mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense. There's a lot of that uh, going on, and when you have access to the full uh, gear list, there's a lot of really really um, obscure references to myths in, in in those. Like we we really had fun with with using the lesser known myths, especially those um, about titans. Uh, to tell the stories of our own, so so there's there's a lot of names uh, being thrown around in game that uh, to most people who even know a little bit about the Greek myths may may seem um, really obscure. Um, but we we again we we did find them. We we, we did look for for things that um, uh, feel uh, organic for the game, and we really wanted to try and. Tie everything together because, as as, as myths go, um, the Greek Greek myths aren't um, like there's a lot of versions of of each myth. It's it's not like a monolithic. Um, this is the way the myths go, and this is the only version. There's there's a, a lot of um, slight variations in in some of those myths. Yeah, either um, from the the speaker that that told that tale, or from the the different period where it was uh, recounted. Uh, there's a lot of different version of even the the Odyssey, uh, even at the time, like the different myth from it, which I I've always found interesting growing up reading those. <laughs> to segue into something more uh, gameplay related, uh, because that's that's more my domain. I think that the escalation system is really great in the way that it managed to keep every battle full of tension at all time uh, with the stakes constantly raising uh, through the fight. I, I think that's that's probably um, the gameplay aspect of the game that really put it forward uh, in my in my eyes at least. Uh, but when you add the uh, the branching path and the different gear and ship upgrades and power progression, 
it seems like it can become a little bit uh, harder to, you know, guess the power level of the players at the moment. So do you feel that the escalation system uh, made it easier to keep the fight constantly tense when you like to keep the balance uh, proper or do you think that it made it harder uh, staying on the edge of the, the razor constantly is it something that you find uh, challenging with the, the design of the game well uh, actually it's, it's something that, re- that again the, that's why I, I would really like to, to show everything off already is because um, the system really flourishes um, when there are more complex elements, that's good to know. So, so it, it, it's it's challenging to to make balanced creatures and balanced again gear and balanced mechanics uh, overall. But um, the, escal- the um, escalation battle system um, actually re- really lends itself, for us at least, to to that rising uh, um, rising level of challenge between between cycles. And um, another thing is that um, we're not just like our our difficulty, our rising difficulty doesn't um, arise just from uh, rising numbers. Like it's it's not uh, the, the, the primordials in um, cycle two aren't um, more deadly because they have larger numbers. If not 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 because they are more more heavy hitting or they have more health or they have um, tougher tougher armor, uh, but mostly because of their mechanics, like their unique mechanics. Their stats do uh, get progressively higher across the cycles, so there there certainly is this this kind of progression. Um, but players can stay on top of it with with their own gear. The things that make the battles more challenging is is more involved. The mechanics and mechanics that require more cooperation, more plate spinning. <laughs> well, you'll um, again. For example, the one of the primordials in the second cycle is the chimera. Um, the um, our own, own take on the chimera. It's it's a fairly straightforward monster in 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 terms of um, its its design. Uh, but th- there's two distinct features that make it really challenging for the players, uh, especially for players who um, don't like to change their tactics up. One one thing is that um, the vantage point mechanic is heavily ut- utilized here. Um, the creature is really hard to take down from the ground. Like um, the the mechanics uh, in the, the vantage point mechanics are introduced in in cycle one, and they are very useful. Um, but here they, they are necessary in, in, in this fight. Yeah, like you, you need to master this, this this mechanic. That's really interesting. And the second the second maybe even more interesting part of the of the design is that the chimera is um, a creature that's constantly in flux. It can become liquid. It can, it can become a solid, and it can become corrosive depending on the circumstances of the battle. It's it's one of those three states. Most uh, weapons and equipment interact with those states. Um, in a different way. So, uh, for example, you when it's fluid, you don't want to attack it with a sword because it will just go through. Uh, uh, a blunt weapon will be more of, more of use here. So you need to approach the fight with different types of weapons so that you can take it to the different mm-hmm. types. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing using the keyword or something like that. That's yeah. really interesting. Uh, it reminds me a lot of some of Monster Hunter's monsters. <laughs> Like uh, Alateron, for example, was that um... maybe not consciously, but we 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 do play Monster Hunter games, 
so obviously we are influenced uh, by it. The, 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 the camera design is mostly influenced by my one of my uh, favorite D&D uh, monsters, the Gelatinous Cube. <laughs> so um it's not a common favorite dnd monster yeah you are the only one <laughs> no especially for the players <laughs> i know but but uh, but i think that we we make it work like the, the because again that we we try to tell a story with the mechanics so everything the creature does re reflects it the way it's made jo just like a gelatinous cube or other uh, of the of those slimes it's, it's got those corrosive properties uh, it can uh, it can absorb you uh, if you if you stay stay too long uh, in its in its path, yeah, there's there's like there's there's a lot of the the, the AI and uh, BP cars of of this monster are rather straightforward, but there's a lot of those mechanics that make it quite different than anything you've you've faced before. Like you need to think about positioning more because the chimera leaves uh, ambrosia shadow we call it, so it leaves slime as it goes them up i've seen that the ambrosia is a team that comes back with different monsters like for example uh, nishian adversary uh -huh. yeah. is that the yeah. name of it yeah it's, it's one of my favorite monsters because of how it uh, how it plays it's, it's placed really really different from everything that was uh, that the players could, could see up to that point though the, the other cycle two monsters are are equally great because both of those use the a version of a combo mechanic we have those uh, primordials like uh, one of the one of the main things that make primordial um, really challenging or hard for for players is the number of attacks it can perform a turn like this is the one of the basic things like the if, if you would want to up the challenge of a, of a creature just say it, it makes another attack in, in in the same round and it becomes a lot more challenging but we don't want to just add those attacks so uh, different creatures have their own ways of um, stacking attacks for example um, hecaton has the fist for a fist trait um which means on, on, on I, I i'm i'm not sure if it's not included in the tts um it's a trait that um, when you hit uh, when you hit and successfully wound the hecaton you place a token on the on the trade card and after three tokens are there you you remove them and perform an immediate attack um, an immediate signature attack that's good uh, and that changes the hecaton battle fundamentally because it means the hecaton can attack during the titan's turn and that it can perform um, let's say two attacks in a row against one of the titans yeah, and I'm guessing that it also makes the player more conscious about who attacks when. Yeah, absolutely. Especially that um, from uh, second level up, you have the a clever bo boy trade, which means that the battle takes place on the um, cliff's edge. Uh, so the edges of the board aren't really edges, they're, they're cliffs. So if you, if you are knocked out of those, you die because you fall. Uh, and in, in, in that instance, those two mechanics come together and you really need to think about positioning your your titans because um again one 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 mistake in that regard and you can end up and end up with a dead titan i was wondering uh, actually since you mentioned it for the camera uh, which monster of each cycle is your favorite so far the the one that you find uh the fight the most uh, enjoyable on your end for the second cycle it's really hard because i i love the camera um Mechanically, I, I really like the Nietzschean um, 
story-wise, like the, the story of the Nietzsche and the mechanics of the Nietzschean are really tied together. Uh, and the way you fight him and the way you defeat him is like it's really like this is something I don't want to spoil for anyone, um, but it's 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 something really satisfying for the players uh, because again it ties to the teams. It's it's, it's this is this is one of the uh, greatest greatest achievements for me um, uh, when we can um, um, combine the mechanics, the story, and the teams into into one concept. It feels like a very frightening adversary, the, the Nietzschean. <laughs> he is, he is, and he's like you. He's, he's got a lot of AOE attacks. He's got a lot of like, and he's got the the um, combo mechanic, which means that if you don't, um, if you if you if you are not able to parry his attacks, uh, then he can just keep going and going and going and make several attacks in a row, which means that those 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 fights are really deadly in that regard. And his BP cards are really, really fun. And the way, again, the way you defeat him is, is, is really something else. Like this is, again, this is something unique for, uh, for him. So it's really, it's really um, hard to decide between those two. Uh, for the first cycle, I think it's the Pursuer, because uh, up to that point, you, you, the, all, all the creatures you meet are just monsters. And this one seems a, a tad more intelligent and cruel. Yeah, he plays with the player, right? Yeah, he's he's toying. This is this is this is yeah. This is also one of the uh, fun mechanics. Like you you get a card that says that he's just playing with you. So we can see the cards that are really deadly, but he's just marking his hits. He's making them softer uh, to just cripple the titans. But again, with with each battle, he becomes uh, more intense. And there are also variant battles in in the game. Like the, you, you have uh, we have like three types or three three types or three tiers of battles. We have the again level one, level two, level three uh, normal progression. Uh, but we also have some of the some of the primordials which you meet um, several times in the, in a cycle have their own uh, escalating mechanics between battles, and there are also special rare variants of battles or creatures that you can encounter. So there's there's one pursuer variant that's that's really that's really great, and and then the whole payoff of the of the of the battle and the story and the gear you you, you get from the formation pursuer is is uh, awesome. And for the third cycle, I think for now it's um, it's the oracle, mm, mostly because you, it's uh, the the first cycle has a lot of um, time traveling, not time traveling for the players, but uh, mechanics that um, make you think about the progression of of a battle in in, in different ways. I cannot wait to see how those mechanics play out. Uh, honestly, the, the time travel stuff seemed very, very uh, cool, uh, if you can pull it off, which so far, it seems like you, you have a, you know, good odds of doing something amazing. I, I, like that. I, I think we, I think we, we found, found a way to do it. And it's, it's, it's again, without, without spoiling anything, it's, it's really fun. And, and it's, it's, again, it's much like the Chimera in the second cycle, it really makes you think about the battle in a completely different way and to pay attention to different things. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, so I think, I think that, that, that's, that would be my, my three, my three choices. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Again, but I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> because the, the Sun Descendant is also, he also has some of that type of mechanics. He also have, has uh, some, some, other types of mechanics, but he he comes later in the cycle when you when you're accustomed to um, those uh, oracle shenanigans. So it's it's not that of a shock when you 
on the first play, uh, which the Oracle match is. Awesome. Thank you for, for your answer. That's really exciting. <laughs> so talking about the different cycles, hmm? um, like in the first cycle, there seems to be some kind of relationship with the different factions. And will there be like, is, is that a thing only in the first circle or the, will there be like uh, unique mechanics to every cycle? Uh, so, um, yes and yes, <laughs> in that um, each cycle has that so something like that type of mechanic in there. Uh, they are not all the same. If, um, in, in, the, in the second um, cycle, you still um, interact with factions, uh, though it's in a, in, a, in a different way because of the different circumstances uh, you find yourself in, in that cycle. And the, the first cycle is um, you... Um, Voyaging around Crete, most mostly unimpeded by anything. The the second cycle takes place during a war, so so it's a bit different. And there are um, some wrinkles we we put into the uh, into those systems. Like in in, in the second cycle, you, you do have still have factions, but there's also a, a fifth something that can also be um, chosen if you don't want to interact with those factions. I don't I I won't tell you what that is, but there is a, a more involved thing going on here and the same thing goes uh, for uh, the first cycle though that's complicated in, in a different uh, way because of the i don't know if you've seen the map updates we've been doing if you have you you'll notice that we that the location of the third cycle delphi is um, time locked which means that there are three timelines um, existing at the same time in the story so we're moving between all those three timelines so uh, in that cycle we again we we didn't we we, we very much like the diplomacy system like this is something that really added to the game so the third cycle also has it but it has it in a different way because of the like when you do something in the future version of the region it doesn't necessarily influence the past of the region but maybe the other way around it does that sounds really intriguing <laughs> <laughs> And surprisingly, it's pretty clear, actually. Thank you. Well, we, we try to, like, I, I, I do like complex games. I do like a lot of mechanics, a lot of choices. But I'm also very um, conscious of what, what's too much. So I try to make the mechanics as easy as possible or to make them more streamlined if need be. And the, 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 the structure of the game also helps with this because although the game is really large, you do things sequentially. Uh, so you don't need everything at the same time, like there's not uh, 50 rules that you need to know for this certain section. So uh, talking about Titans, mm -hmm. um, the Titans were, uh, were used to be able to pick up gear on the go. Is this still there or it's, uh, will there be like a new mechanic for it? Yeah, so so there is a, once you, once you start playing Cycle 2, the, there's a lot of mechanics that, that allow you to do that because you can lose weapons more easily. For example, the Chimera can just melt your weapon. So yeah, you start developing technology that will help you with that. Um, you, you start with um, ox, ox pulled cards. So, so you have this token uh, of a card that, that moves to the battlefield with a weapon for you, which is really fun. Again, it's, it's a bit slow, but it's an oxen pulled card. So what do you expect? And then you, you progressively create more um, uh, more fun and more immediate solutions to, to this kind of problem. At, 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 at some point, you get a ballista that can shoot your you a weapon onto the battlefield. That's also really fun because again, you can shoot shoot you, you you select the space you want the weapon to to land on. 
it can be your you can you can shoot it straight into your titan's hands if you like uh, there's a, there, there's a slight chance it will it will um, drift of course um, but you can also shoot it directly at at the monster just to add that little special something uh, to the attack uh, so yeah so there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff um, you also have um, access to trans um, transforming weapons which are also fun um, so you you basically have let's say two weapons on on both sides of a card you can you can switch during the game um, and things get progressively more weird and awesome in the third cycle when for example you can manif like manifest a weapon um, and the way you manifest the weapon is um, you you slightly deviate the timeline to just say that you always had it with you <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds a bit crazy yeah but that sounds fantastic as well uh, yeah. So so yeah. So we 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 everything is still there. Yeah. Um. So um. The expansions, we 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 don't know that much about these yet. Um. Like how. Uh, do you have already plans for them or how they're coming along? Um, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, we the the story blueprints were made beforehand, so so we know how the story goes. Um, we have um, most of the fights um, for Cycle Four um, designed, um, not really that well tested, but but designed. We have a lot of gear for Cycle Four um, designed. Uh, we have uh, less uh, less design work uh, went into Cycle Five, but it's still there. Like when we, when we approach game design, first we design what we want to have, and then we say, okay, let's let's make a concept art for it, or let's say make a miniature for it. So before there was a um, Urfleece miniature, there was the idea of Urfleece and what he should do and how he will attack and what will be his body parts be and what kind of gear he can help you create and what kind of gear you need to, to defeat it. So all, all these type of talks happened beforehand. So there's a lot of work done already for that. So because this is our process, like we we don't just um, order art. Let's say we, we don't say our artists paint us something cool and and that's it. We really think about what we need for the game. Does it make sense as a as a concept? Does it make sense in the larger context of the game world? Then we work on the concept. Then we make the miniature. And and each time because this is a collaborative work, um, each time let's say the the two D artists add something, and we then incorporate that something into the design. Then the 3D artists add something to the to the miniature, and we incorporate that also. This is very um, you you'll see that um, uh, this really great. If if you followed the camp our campaign, if you followed the Nietzschean saga or the Nietzschean miniature saga, uh, you you know that we had three miniatures for the Nietzschean already. Uh, we had yeah. the one in, in the campaign, then we redesigned him the first time, then we designed him the second time. But the mechanics uh, concept and the, the art of the AI and BP cards and his gear uh, reflect all three. So you'll, you'll find elements of all, all of those three iterations in there because of the way the Nietzschean works, let's say. His, like his, the way his body or his armor and his weapons work, we, we thought it's fun to have certain things from the first iteration, some certain from the second, and certain from the third. For example, there's there's a great BP card called the Sword Graveyard he has on the back. So that's really fun. <laughs> that's a really fun BP to wound in the game. Yeah, but your, your original question was about the expansion. So yeah, so we're um, 
um, art for most of these uh, has already been created. We have um, story and world Bibles for those. We have um, map concepts for, for every every cycle. Um, we have um, battles for all, all of the primordials for, from cycle four already. Um, I'm designing those for cycle five as we speak. And there's a lot of gear already designed for both of those cycles. Um, the core mechanics of the cycles are also um, already designed. Like because again, a cycle for us, the cycle is teams plus core mechanics. This this is the things we start from. Uh, so we always know what the what what the story or what what that campaign uh, is about. So it's it's really it's it's actually been from cycle to cycle. It's actually a lot easier to work on. Uh, because there, 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 there are those ideas that we had before and they are written down so we can get back to them. And on the other hand, we have that much experience from the testing of the prior cycle. So the testing of the next cycle goes even smoother. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. It's simple, simple question for the, for the end of my part. Uh, in the end, will we have a big box for cycles four and five together? It, it, it's it, it, everything everything points to yes so yeah yeah okay thank you that's cool <laughs> <laughs> no no problem i i this is something i also wanted to probably almost from the start i uh, wanted to do as um, it, it'll for one it'll look uh, better with with two single uh, same size boxes and it'll also have um, a lot of space for putting everything in in, in sleeves Every like if you if you purchase the luxury tiles, you also have space to place them. Um, yeah, so so yeah, so that was that was something um, fun, uh, fun and really allowed us to um, expand on some other uh, uh, mechanics in the game. Because this is something that we this uh, this is a callback to one of the earlier questions. But the one thing that we do cycle from cycle um, is that. Because with each cycle, the gear pool gets larger. Uh, so there's an exponentially um, larger number of um, combinations of, of gear. And it's um, harder and harder to really maintain balance and to check every broken combo that can be created. Uh, but we do have mechanics in place that, that um, really help us with that. Those mechanics are the ascending mechanics. But make it harder for uh, for you to use uh, um, gear from a previous cycle in the new cycle. It's it's not impossible. You can you can, but you you just need to work for it. You, you need to go to the Mnestis Theater and find some ascending materials to make the um, gear from the previous cycle work in the in the newer cycle. And putting both of the expansions in one box allows us to play better with those mechanics between those two cycles. And we also have that new uh, new Titan miniature, which we also uh, really uh, glad we could do. Yeah, looking really good so far. Yes, yeah. it's, and, and it's a really it's a really fun concept. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Audrey recently moved, and she has a lot of miniatures and space. <laughs> so that will be her topic. <laughs> yeah, you just mentioned my favorite word, which is space for sleeved cards. Oh. 
The project of the big box for the last cycles was mentioned in the latest update, which is the number 67. In this update, you also shared a few pictures of miniatures. So yeah. the legend of one of them is ABS close for the win. <laughs> And I wanted to make sure these miniatures, they are production examples, right? It's yeah. the quality that will be in the box. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah, so we, 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 yeah, we're doing PVC body plus um, ABS um, small parts and, and thin parts and ABS bases also. ABS bases, okay. No, because I mean, they look with sharp details. So I think you have a nice PVC going on there. And they really look nice and sharp and crisp with the details. I mean, the feathers, ah, but we really, I really appreciate this. Thank you. Well, we, again, this is this is something that we do like miniatures, uh, so we want to make them as uh, as good as, as as possible. We we did um, even look into doing some of the parts in in hips with, with the miniatures we have in the in the core game. That's prohibitively expensive. Like the <laughs> the mold costs on doing all those uh, large uh, miniatures, like uh, Temenos, the Oracle, Sandesendan, the Chimera. Uh, it's it's astronomical, um, but I think that we, we we really achieved something great with the with the PVC plus ABS combination. So thank you. Yeah, honestly, it really looks great. I have to admit, at the time of the Kickstarter, I wasn't in a position to afford the game. Uh, but between your enthusiasm right now, between these pictures, uh, I am tempted to late pledge now. Uh, a bit for me and also for uh, our listeners that may be interested into that. Um, do you have any date for the closing of the late pledge or is it not yet scheduled? So it's not it's not scheduled yet, uh, mostly because the, the, the PM is still open uh, because of the um, coronavirus situation. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like we, we wanted to close it. <laughs> back in in the area part of the year um i know for a fact that we'll, we'll stay open until the end of november and probably it, it it looks likely that we'll stay open until the end of the year i'm guessing that you'll send an email beforehand though. yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely um send an email and we'll put it in an update so nobody's uh surprised by the closure of the pm yeah please do i'm i'm i've got a Uh, sitting waiting to upgrade all my tiles, but I'm just hanging fire. I'm going to do it at the last moment. Sure thing. Like again, we try to talk about everything we do beforehand, so people have time to make a decision or react to that. Tell us we're we're making a mistake, for example. Uh, so yeah, oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely be uh, telling everyone beforehand. Okay, I can start counting my pennies. Yeah. <laughs> It's a tough tough time of year to to save up as well but uh, yeah, yeah definitely um i just want to check um because we can visually see the models look fantastic i'm really happy with that like uh, pvc models are often a big concern for me as a hobbyist and painter what are they like tactile um what's the weight like and what's the flex on them like uh, so we're, we're using really really hard pvc Almost the hardest that we can. Like we could use even harder, but it would make the miniatures more brittle. So we wouldn't want that. But they are one of the hardest PVC miniatures I've I've had in my hands. So it's really hard to to talk about it without showing it. But yeah, I'm really really happy. And sure. again, this, yeah, this is something that for those thin elements like the spears, knives, 
claws, etc. We're using ABS to just make them extra hard so they don't bend. We don't That's like bending spears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, good call. Yeah, really, really happy to hear that because um, I'm not going to point fingers at any, but there's a number of rubbery sets of miniatures that come with Kickstarter projects that mm-hmm. I'm not very fond of. And ever since I got um, the Horizon Zero Dawn models with how weighty and rigid they were, I was like, ooh, these are still clearly PVC, but I like this. So I'm happy to hear you're, you're in that direction. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Again, we, we were doing everything to just... And it's also something that... Uh, it's, it's reflected with our talks with the factory because a lot of the from, from the perspective of the developer like every factory can do really probably every factory can do really great pvc models uh, it just depends on the cost of those like that's why the the pvc quality may vary greatly between publishers is just how much of an investment you want to make into those minis and how much you want to stick to your vision this is this reflected in our talks because um, a lot of the times uh, we could save save up on on those minis by let's say changing the poses to just make them less dynamic uh, but they they'd be more easily be castable which would make the the whole process easier uh, make them le- made up of less parts so we would have we would, we would need to use less molds and everything uh, everything adds up to a lower cost uh, and we don't we, we don't really <laughs> want or like to do it uh, so we're sticking to the again there there are some small uh, changes to some of the models but we are sticking with the with our designs and again and that means to using um, abs for for those tin parts to just make that uh, transition to, to PVC as seamless as, as possible. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a materials uh, scientist, uh, so I, I get a bit of the specifics. So yeah, choosing a good compromise is really the equilibrium point when you have your objectives and I really appreciate. Now we're going to switch on a few subjects a bit more aside Aeon Trespass Odyssey, but some still are connected to it. Uh, my first question is that you've already made, and we mentioned it, the collector's scale model uh, Kickstarter of the NIMS. There were, on my, in my opinion, a bit small. I prefer 75 millimeter scale, for instance. So do you have other projects to do collector scale models at other scales or stick to the 28, 30 scale millimeters? Yeah, so um, actually we, we, we even had one uh, planned uh, for this year, but due to coronavirus uh, and all, like we, we when we want when we had to sacrifice something, we didn't want to make even more of a delay for for Odyssey, so we postponed that too. But we do have a, a new um, resin miniature line coming, probably some sometime next year. We, we again, I, I agree with you. The the original nymphs were 32 millimeters uh, scale, and I would also want to make them in 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 a larger scale. We've, we've, we've done two of the nymphs uh, in 75 already, the Knowledge Nymph and the Solitude Nymph. And I'm really, really um, proud of, of, of those because we not only bumped the scale, but we had to remaster both of those models to just add really, really tiny details because those are really noticeable in, in 75 millimeters. So yeah, so we, each um, resin collection, we would probably still stick with the main, um, the main line being 35 millimeters. So they can be used uh, in our games, for example, as the nymphs can be used uh, in in Eon Trespass. But we 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 do uh, want to offer those other scales for collectors as well. So uh, we do want to offer more 75 millimeter miniatures. We 
we would want to offer uh, 55, 54 millimeters, and we would like to offer some busts even. But again, that's that's probably for the future. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really. I mean, somehow it's cool to know that you decided to drop or to postpone the new project yeah, the, and to focus on the current one. Honestly, that's great to hear that you're committed. Thank you. Well, it's again, it's something like, and um, there there will be a point in time where, where we will we'll be able to um, focus on those all of those because we'll have more employees. We're still a relatively small company, uh, though we, we we hire almost on a constant basis um, for the past um, um, one and a half year. And we'll have another um, expansion of the company at the beginning of next year. Uh, so we will also be making our own uh, in-house, let's say, 3D manufacturing uh, branch. Uh, so we'll be able to more easily um, prototype miniatures. And also we'll, the, the process of creating a resin line will also be a lot easier. Um, but again, that's something for because we need to set up the whole workshop for that additional. Um, so we'll have to change uh, the place, change our headquarters. We'll have to change offices to, to a larger one because with with the with the current number of employees, it's at the capacity at capacity, I think. So with with additional additional employees plus the 3D printing workshop, we'll have to expand the space. Um, yeah. So 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 that those are the plans for our um, strictly miniature line. And again, we I would I would I would love to 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 do them at least one of those resin lines this year but as you said we we, we focused on on odyssey uh, as does again that's that's what we took pledges for so that's our priority to to deliver that to our backers yeah i think the 3d printing watch workshop will really help you as it reduces time you don't have to send the file somewhere have the, uh, the miniature printed and then back at you to check and back and forth you will really gain time and i think that's really a great opportunity that today 3d printers are available widely uh, even in houses but there are industrial ones which really give you great capacity good printing mm -hmm. times etc so yeah that's going to be something you will appreciate yeah that's i'm, I'm also excited <laughs> for it because i do like to um, handle play with the, the minis so this is something like, i do like the, the tactile um, element of, of miniatures I'm, I'm really excited for that. Then I have another question which goes further uh, from Aeon Trespass. Uh, it's about Kingdoms Forlorn, which is an upcoming mm -hmm. uh, solo operative dungeon delver. Yeah. And <laughs> I do like my, 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 my wars. I know. Yeah. We, we mentioned it just a bit at the beginnings. And what are your plans for it? Yeah. So without going into, into details um this will be our next big game after eon trespass um so we can expect the, a certain level of massiveness from it i'm, I'm talking about uh, both the miniatures and uh, gameplay apart like we again this is um, this is something we've been working on on pre-production pre of it for uh, quite some time now we've got uh, this is also like we our process with Eon Trespass was similar. Like we we started to work on Eon Trespass three, three years before uh, we went to Kickstarter. So we started work on Kingdoms from uh, a fair bit ago, and um, it's gonna be a solo operative in that you will be playing cooperatively, just like in Eon Trespass, um, and just like in Eon Trespass, you'll have a solo mode. Uh, but there's a special 
kind of mode without again without going into the specific mechanics which i think are uh, very fun and unique we found a way to make it make it um, really uh, a really fun way to scale it between between solo and cooperative both in terms of the mechanics and in terms of story so uh, there's also thing, fun things we're doing with the with the story of the game uh, the game is more modular than than Eon Trespass Odyssey. Like if Eon Trespass Odyssey is a narrative campaign, then Kingdoms Forlorn, in a way, is more like Diablo plus Monster Hunter with a story. Because again, we we, we do love that aspect of of our games, and I think we we have uh, we're really strong in in that regard. But there's more like instant replayability with the with the game, with how we create maps, with how we create our dungeons and encounters. The main mechanics are based on the mechanics of Eon Trespass, in that the game is also using an escalation battle system, although a, a different one than the one we have in in Union Trespass, and we're also focusing on the uh, what we call the hard cop mechanic. Th- this is something that we. This is also par- part of the philosophy of Union Trespass, and, and it also translates to Kittens Forlorn. In that, uh, we really want the players to feel like they're playing cooperative game, like they wouldn't be able to win without each other. Like um, that, everyone in the team is, is is valuable and needed, and that only with the combination of your actions you you'll be able to um, defeat the challenges ahead of you so that's the that's the general gist of it i don't know if you have any specific questions i hope i can answer no no because no, no spoilers not that it's not the time <laughs> what about those scenes of heracles <laughs> oh, this this is shrouded in even bigger mystery. We're also uh, working on these. We've uh, we've shown, uh, I think, uh, several um, art pieces from from Sins of Heracles. We've also so- shown uh, some miniatures. Um, in, in one of the updates, I think we've even shown more than anyone knows. We've shown we've, we've, we've we had this whole, uh, whole table full of photoresin prints. A lot of those were for for the Sins of Heracles miniatures. So without going, this is something I'm repeating and repeating and repeating, uh, without going into spoilers, um, Sins of Heracles um, for now is a um, series of um, miniatures um, that represent our interpretation of the labors of Heracles, um, plus the story of Heracles as told in Eon Trespass Odyssey. So it, it does have a, have a spin on uh, on things. In one update, I think we've shown one of the uh, primordials um, from 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 since uh, the stables. I think that, that that represents like the because we can really go wild with those concepts. So you can expect us to take those labors and um, make them. Our own, and as as we are also using um, our approach um, to to those, we are thinking about uh, potential gameplay for those uh, as well. Uh, so I think we'll we'll learn more about the sins of Heracles uh, next year. So you actually gave us a bit of details. I do I do like to talk about those <laughs> this stuff. So. And- and we like to hear about it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, re- really, again, lots of answers, lots of, let's say, perspectives, lots of things to come. Uh, I really am curious to see uh, more resin miniatures from you because, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. how committed you are to quality, I really think that's going to be something to look for. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we, we, we do try to 
um, to make with each with each product with each miniature and uh, each game one to make make it better. We may I don't know if this this is some, don't 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 quote me on this, but um, we we do want to also um, try our hands at a fully hips uh, miniature um, some somewhere in the future, probably closer than 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 you might think. Your enthusiasm, at least, has been incredibly motivating. Uh, thank you very much for all of your uh, very in-depth answers. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I like your podcast, uh, so I hope it's, it just expands from here. Um, I'll be listening in each week. So. Ah, thanks. Do you have a weekly schedule now, or is it... Uh, it's bi-weekly at the time. Bi-weekly or one in a fortnight? Once in a fortnight. <laughs> Something yeah. to, to, to listen to during my work commute tonight when I get back to the office. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could probably talk about games twice a week easily. Um, but <laughs> the, the others have uh, have uh, actual real jobs. So <laughs> I understand. I understand. I also could talk about games all the time. So, so since you want to talk about games, I want to make a parallelism with another game based on the Greek myths. I assume mm-hmm. you knew about Hades, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Hades is a game from Supergiant Games. It's a video game, actually. Mm-hmm. And it is based on the myth of Hades and Persephone. And it's actually, except with the character of Zagreus, it's uh, basically a verbatim re-narration of the original myth. And it is actually a very, very good game. And it's uh, extremely good, but it sticks uh, almost verbatim Mm -hmm. to the myth and just gives you an alternate perspective. Uh, While your game, ATO, uh, basically takes the completely different route of uh, retelling everything uh, under a new perspective and with a change with which, but I cannot uh, avoid the feeling that uh, your uh, your game and Edis uh, are basically uh, a very inventive narration of the facts and uh, of the myths, actually. And I don't know, do you feel the same? Do you feel any parallelism, any difference, anything like that? Anything you want to share? So, uh, my con- confession time, I haven't still played Hades because of that. Like, I'm, I, oh, whenever I, I create something and I'm waiting for the release of that thing, and I see um, in media that there's something, let's say, similar in that, like, this is a, a, a big, like, a, 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 now a known game that um, uses the same elements that we do i always get this um, apprehension of uh, of trying it because i always fear that I'll, I'll see something that we have in our own game and and then we'll have the situation of um, will people think we've we've copied from that or or something like that i i had i had this with my with my first novel i published uh, when i was uh, still in my 20s um so i i um, i when i I gave that, that the novel to my publisher, and and then the publishing date was set for a, for next year. I almost completely closed off, <laughs> like I, I stopped reading that kind of fiction altogether until the until the release, just to not not get the feeling and just not to try to compare uh, those two things. Um, but I do like the type of game Hades is, so I do have it uh, installed on, on my Switch. Um, so I will be um, playing it. I do like um, Supermassive games, uh, other games. 
so again i think from what i've seen from from the trailers and and, and some reviews i think the gameplay is is, is top notch of the uh, like the it's really great for the formula it's, it's using and um, probably the the story stuff will be fun because the, the their last game what was it called the one with the football like uh, mechanic higher uh, yeah, yeah higher yeah 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 yeah, so 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 I I did like the the, the story in that quite a bit. Uh, there's also a TV show I I did not uh, watch. <laughs> you can find it on Netflix. There's a thing called uh, I think Blood of Zeus. Oh um, yes. Uh, yeah, and there, there, I only watched the, the the trailer. And when I when I saw the trailer, and there was a uh, there's a scene in the trailer where uh, I think um, Zeus kills one of the Titans or or something like that, and the Titan falls into. Uh, into the water and from that water uh, monsters start to come like black monsters like uh, vaguely lovecraftian monsters uh start to crawl i i, I said i'm not watching it until he on trespasses is published um oh. yeah <laughs> okay so this laterally answers my question anyway don't worry the <laughs> game is very different it's a very good game so recommended at least by me and uh, okay keep up the good work i assume and uh, finish on trespass uh, fast so that you can play edis yes <laughs> i'm doing everything i can <laughs> like I, i'm working uh, not 24 7 but i'm working uh, daily I, I don't take weekends off so hopefully uh, i can i can give it to you sooner than later well thank you for your enthusiasm anyway it was a good chat Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, uh, lots of really interesting answers. Thank you, thank you. Uh, again, if you ever want to invite me again, I'm, I'll be pretty happy to to come over and uh, talk about Eon Trespass or any any other thing. We might just take you up on that, and you might just regret it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I like I, I I I play games. I I have opinions. So, so. we'll uh, we, we'll see how it goes. But uh, it's been sure. very good to have you here, Markin. Uh, fantastic. Um, Thank you. If there's anything you'd like to to say, we'll give you first slot. Where can people catch you and your social media or or your website or everything? Uh, yeah. So so you can catch me probably everywhere. Like we 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 are um, active on. Um, on Kickstarter, we answer the Kickstarter messages almost daily. We um, we're um, present on BGG. Um, we we've got our own uh, Facebook page at um, Eon Trespass. Uh, and 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 yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's it. I don't have a Twitter account, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, those are those, those are the places you can you can reach out to us. You can also just write to us on our official uh, email at uh, contact at uh, itustudio.com, um, and we'll, we'll we'll get back to you. So that's great. Thank you very much, Martin. Okay, we're gonna uh, wrap it up here then. So. Um, uh, as always, you can catch us on our various different social medias. Mine is uh, Fen Paints at all of the various things. Fen Paints at Patreon, on Twitter. Uh, I barely pay attention to Twitter though, so don't expect a response. Um, and on Instagram, uh, Alessio. Yeah, it's Techlist with a three uh, instead of the E uh, on BGG mostly, and on Reddit, and on Twitter, and on. Uh, Discord and everywhere, basically, you find me like that. Uh, Alexis, 
on Twitter, it's uh, AlexisM4ES. Um, and uh, that's usually Xelias on every other places. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And Audrey? You can find me on Instagram at Millennia with a double L underscore minis or Facebook where I'm Millennia and minis. Yeah, and, and I just got to, just to plug, I got to say, you really should follow Audrey because great painting, really good stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. And David? Yeah, you can mostly find me on Reddit or on the various discords I'm part of here. And you can, can just contact me anytime if somebody wants to talk about games or something. <laughs> uh, my nick is Captain Yar with free yeah. R. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, well, uh, that's it for everyone here. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will catch you in not bi-weekly, but in a fortnight's time with another episode. Okay, say bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. bye.